Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Rabbit and Red Radio. I am John Spooky Rhodes, and with me, as always, is the maniac, Michael J. And joining us for a very special appearance right now, we have the one, the only, ghoulish Gary Hill. Oh, I have a nickname. Yeah, I'm here. How you guys doing? Well, I'll say <laughs> good, ghoulish is better you? than spooky. Sure. I literally just pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> and that's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, growing up as a kid, you, you always were watching, or at least I know I was, Joe Bob Briggs and, and people like that. And a lot of times they had the, the, the little nickname. And then when I first got into the horror podcasts, you know, a lot of times people gave themselves that moniker. And, uh, I think it's I think it's fitting, you know. I I like being spooky roads, at least here. Why not? It works for you. It works for you, sir. <laughs> and let's face facts, Mike. You you kind of are a maniac. Maybe well, not in a good way, but probably not. No, I'll give that to myself. <laughs> Definitely not. But certainly that's better than spooky as well. I can't stand spooky stuff. You're gonna. You're driving me no, crazy. No, it's never going away. You're I don't understand crazy. your problem with it. It's just ridiculous. No, it just well, sounds. You just ridiculous. need to accept it. Yeah. One day. So, what's going on, guys? Huh? Not not too much. Just uh, I'm still up from working last night, so I got a lot of caffeine in me. I'm on. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready to do uh, this podcast, here, fellas. That's about it, man. <laughs> Still up from last night. God damn, man. Uh, all right. Well, for everyone that doesn't know, Gary, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Because I'm not sure all our trolls really are exposed to you. Because, you know, if not, I, I really want them to be. And who better than the man himself? So, um, I'm Gary. I... I uh... I'm a podcaster, but I, I live a pretty boring life. People are like, oh, podcasters are so cool. They get on the microphone, they do stuff. 
not cool at all. I'm actually a really no. boring guy, you know. But uh, <laughs> I do a show with some with some females called Cinema Beef Cinema Beef Podcast. That happens sometimes when we can get all get together or somebody wants to step in. I, I tag in a lot of tag team partners for this one, and uh, sometimes it's a slobber knocker, sometimes it's not. And sorry for all the wrestling references if you guys are into that sort of thing, but I do it anyway. So, so here we go. Um, yeah, that's out there. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is out there, and uh, we just started a new subset of shows, as Duncan would call it, um, doing Burning for Springwood. It's a Freddy's Nightmares retrospective show uh, with myself, Mike Merriman, Suzanne, and now probably Jerry Cortez, a.k.a. Mr. Venom, and uh, that's that's all Legion, man. That's all going on in Legion, so check it out. And, uh, well, first off, fuck Duncan with his little subset. God damn it, man. Just, just calm down with all that shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I know we've had some animosity off and on for a while now, Duncan, but god damn, man. I really just just relax with that. Uh and when does when does he sleep? He just puts so much shit out. He just either he can't sleep, you know. It's just uh, I know from doing grave shift with him that uh, he is an insomniac, and it is kind of rare with him. So, because uh, I, I know we would start here like uh, nine p.m. Eastern, and for him, that's like fucking six in the morning or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's he's just coming off from his, his you know daily drunk. I guess coming down from that as the birds are starting to chirp at the gloomy fucking Scottish day as the fresh rain starts. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just insult anyone right now. I mean, come sure. on. Everybody. <laughs> I can insult him, damn it. I've known him for years. That's okay. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he's insulted constantly by me, by my taste in horror sometimes. So, you know. It's like, you know, Duncan, I don't like that movie. I don't care what the fuck you think. What? You know, uh, yeah. There's, there's some animosity in, in that sense with me and Duncan, but it's nothing hateful. It's just, you know what? I just don't think Black Christmas is all the great of a movie. There, I said it on this show, too. You know, it's just, uh... <laughs> I can totally see that. It's it's an acquired taste. And I don't mean that, like, it's classy, like, ooh, it's an acquired taste. No, I mean, like, it's either your shit or it's not, man. And uh, I, I can appreciate it for what it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, when you compare it to some of the classics like Halloween or something like that, yeah, no, that doesn't stand up. But overall, I, oh, I, I I've, said, I've, I've, I've said this before. Without Black Christmas, uh, John Carpenter wouldn't have half of his vision in Halloween. I'll never tell him that to his face, but, you know, I'll give him that. Without that, he obviously saw that first to get all that great POV oh, yeah. stuff. Not to steal, to, to borrow. I, I like the word borrow. He liked that he borrowed it, okay? And ran with it. <laughs> well, Victor Miller, who we just interviewed, uh, he, he's in favor of stealing, he said. <laughs> and, you know, you steal from the best and you kind of make it your own. So. Yes. And, you know, I, I have to agree there. <laughs> yeah, but Dean, Dean Cundy is, uh, uh, he's, he is a god, so there you go. He made everything all better. <laughs> said so many great things. This is this a Dean Cundy uh, show on right so, now? No? Okay, just, uh, let's do this, you know. 
<laughs> well, you you brought up John Carpenter and Black Christmas all in the same sentence, so I have to ask you, Gary. I'm sure you've heard the rumor. Do you have, well, for everyone out there that doesn't know, the rumor being that, you know, when, uh, uh, shit, Mike, um, Bob Clark? Yes, Was that correct. the director? Black Christmas? Yes, correct. Thank you, sorry. I'll reiterate for the one millionth time, I'm really bad with names. But when Bob Clark was in uh, uh, UCLA Film School talking, John Carpenter was a student there. He claims that, you know, the two talked, and uh, John inquired about a sequel to Black Christmas, and, you know, Bob basically said, I I don't really have any intentions, but if I did it, it would be this. And, you know, basically, you know... um, Billy escapes from the mental hospital, goes back, but it's now on Halloween. That was really the only thing that I've ever heard. Do you put any faith into that at all? Well, if that's true, that conversation happened, then the rest is history, as as people would say. <laughs> Again, he's not a plagiarist <laughs> to the extent that, like, Quentin Tarantino's a plagiarist, but, you know, if that conversation did happen, then that answers a lot of my questions about him borrowing from Black Christmas. You've never heard that before. No. So call oh, wow. um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I know that's that's something that's been said. I've actually even heard in some obscure interview uh, Bob, Bob Clark say that, but uh, John Carpenter himself refutes it. So I I don't know what to believe there. In all honesty, I'm I'm not going to really take a side because I don't really care because I enjoy both films. Yeah, me too. You know? And really, if Bob Clark made it, would we have, well, the history of horror that we have now? Mm-hmm. And I don't believe so. I, no. I think we needed Carpenter to kind of kickstart the slasher craze. Yeah, this is true. It, 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 a lot got made after that, so there's, there's that. And uh, yeah, you, you can say that he, he kicked it off with that, with the, with the Halloween and... Well, it sounds like I'm shitting on it, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really not. You know, I, I can still watch it today, still turn it on, still get turned on by certain parts, especially PJ Souls' parts. But um, who's a lovely woman, by the way? I, I, I should talk about her parts like like that. But uh, she she's a lovely woman. But uh, <laughs> what parts specifically, Gary, are you talking about? I'm just curious. The breasts, okay, the breasts. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, that is a very nice, uh, nice aspect of the film. I have to agree. Yes, <laughs> I still, I still dig it though. But uh, Halloween three is my favorite though out of all the Halloweens. I think, uh-huh. but it, it, it took a lot of years to get there for me to realize that. All right, so you you started on this. I I now have to ask. Can you tell me why? Because Mike's in, in the camp, and I know I'm now kind of one of the the uh, standouts, I guess, that still are against it. And you it has hate it, to, fucker. It has nothing to do with the fact that Michael's not in it. I just think it's a bad film. It is not. You're an asshole. <laughs> if you look at it the way it is, okay, you got the first Halloween, you got the second Halloween, which are technically one film connected together. Yeah, okay? But at that point, it's been done. Right. But if you, if you watch... It, it, it does it well, but it has been done. But if you watch Halloween 3, 
which I think is one of the most original films of the 1980s. There's so much crazy shit going on in that movie that kind of fits together in a real weird way that since it's so original, it is my, my favorite one out of the whole series. And there's nobody more charismatic, you know, besides, you know, Donald Pleasance, who's, who's, who's great in, in all those. Even, even the bad ones is great, and, you know, he really elevates it to something that's at least watchable, especially in 4 and 5. Especially and, 5. Yeah. Especially, especially 5, yes. <laughs> Although I did watch 5, like, in recent years, and I realized how how mean-spirited the kills are. So it kind of takes me back to my love for Halloween 2, because there were some pretty mean-spirited ones in that as well, but if it wasn't so, like, hyper-violent in parts, I don't think I'd like it as much. Cause, yeah, um, I get that. The cookie woman doesn't do it for me. It's just... It's just <laughs> cookie... Uh, Woman, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then you just yeah, Halloween had... three. I'm sorry, Halloween three's a uh, yeah. I've watched it. I've analyzed it. You know, I've met most of the principal cast, and uh, they're all awesome. And I, I, I think that I, I like it the most because I just think it's one of the most original things to come out of the '80s, and I, I, I enjoy it for that sense. So it probably elevates it to my favorite one. Like I can't deny, you know that that first one, how, how wonderful that is, and the second one, as fun as it is, uh, you know, um, Leo Rossi showing up being as sleazy as he wants to be and everything, <laughs> everything he's in, I, I never expect to be a nice guy ever, but um, yeah. Oh, like, have, you, have, you seen, have you seen the accused? It's, it's he's pretty sleazy in that as well. Come on, oh yeah, <laughs> man, oh man. No, yeah, I, I was just. I was just curious your take on it because, you know, it seems like the more years have passed, people are talking about it and talking about it, and more people are in favor of it now. And honestly, it took me forever to come to it. I, I know we've talked about it on this show before, and I, I, I love the concept. Don't get me wrong. I love the concept of what they were trying to do with it, and I actually wish that would have happened. I, I think it's a brilliant idea. I to me it it is a while it is very original it feels like it was the one that was made for sci-fi you know if, if we're putting today's standards on the film back then it is just like oh oh sci-fi is putting out a new halloween movie oh that's weird that's we, just, what it feels like to me. we just lost them now imagine <laughs> halloween 3 not in the hands of larry uh, not in the hands of tommy lee wallace but in the hands of larry cohen written and directed by larry cohen halloween 3 season of the witch Imagine that now. <laughs> it would blow people's minds if that happened, okay? You're not wrong. <laughs> and then my, my argument would be all that much more valid because you would have that Larry Cohen sting on it who told us that Jesus is in the form of a space vagina that lives in an alley. And uh, you, you should watch God Told Me To. It's a real great film. Minus the space vagina. It's just an extra feature of the film. You know, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> I miss Larry so much already. It's such a gift, but uh, <laughs> we're not here to talk about Larry Cohen, but he's a great man. Was a great man as well. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, wow. Uh, we got off on some tangents right there. <laughs> All right. Um, anyone have anything pressing that we need to get to? Um, no. Not no, that I can think of. No, no. Okay, I'm, I'm real. I'm real slow on the new horror stuff, so I gotta have people point stuff out to me what to watch. That's good because 
There's a lot of garbage out there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to watch the garbage or waste my time, but you're, here we are. <laughs> you know? Well, speaking of the current stuff, um, us, just as we're talking, took the past weekend and did phenomenal numbers, and you know I, that makes me happy. I haven't yet seen it, because uh, since we last recorded, I haven't had a day off. I, I've worked that entire eight-day stretch, so no time off for me to go watch it. Um, I would like to. Uh, I've heard a lot of really good things. I, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, Gary, have you got the chance to see it yet? I would ask you, I, Mike, but I, I know you don't watch movies. No, so. I didn't see that yet. <laughs> I have I don't think I the movies all that often, but from usually go by who's... Uh, People whose opinions I respect, I uh, Willis, who who's very selective on some things, sometimes told me that, and a lot of folks have told me this too that it basically runs on a plot about three quarters of the way through the movie. Oh, really? I don't I, know how tr- I don't know how true that is, but th- then again, I, I prefer Jordan Peele doing funny stuff. I prefer Keanu o- over uh, Get Out on any given day of the week because. I liked Get Out the first time I watched it, maybe even even the second time I watched it. But once you get to that third time, and you know all the beats that are coming, it's it's really just a it's it's just kind of there for me. But you know, I, I haven't seen Us yet. I'm looking forward to seeing Us. I'm looking forward to watching the Twilight Zone. It's sitting on my my Roku right now to watch. You know, and I haven't done it yet, but I, I love that Jordan Peele is doing well. I love the horror the horror genre is doing well. Making yes, ch- cheap uh, pictures and they're making big money. Oh, this is more like twenty million, I guess. That was the budget for this one, I think. But it's made like ninety so far, so it is it is a success. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm actually on board with you though when you're saying that because I, I thought Keanu was actually pretty damn funny. And oh, I, it is. I've never been blown away by Get Out. I mean, it's a perfectly fine film, but I I just not blown away why I, I wasn't the the type that thought it was you know, the best film of the year or anything like that. I enjoyed it, as I said. I just, I think it was a little overhyped. Even if you listen to interviews of Jordan Peele about the film, like like off-the-cuff interviews, he'll even tell you, y'all motherfuckers taking this shit too seriously. And he'll tell him in a second, you know. It's like, oh, you saw this little reference in there? Well, guess what? I had no intention of putting it there, but I'm glad you I'm glad you think that's what it is, you know. And <laughs> I, I, lo- I love it that he's so just always so off-the-cuff about it, like, yeah, you guys just look at this stuff way too far, and yeah, I, I think that's true of a lot of people, but yeah, that's that's what makes it fun. And bringing that up, that that that's something about Marvel. Not to completely change uh, directions, but that's something that I love is Marvel's kind of embraced that shit with their fans, and they're just like, oh no, no, that's now canon. Mm-hmm. You know that that crazy theory about the kid in you know uh, Iron Man two. Yeah, no, that's totally Peter Parker. You're right, that's canon now. And you know the the most recent thing about the. Uh, the meteor that is spotted in a flashback of um, Captain Marvel being the spaceship that steals Peter Quill in his movie is just... I can see that being canon in another year or something, and that's fucking cool to me. It's little things, you know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I have my tickets already for any game. That's not horror-related, but, you know, I'm, I'm all ready to go to go see that movie. I, I'm so fucking hyped. Uh, we're actually traveling a distance to go see it. The problem is is that my uh, my my wife worked today. Uh, I was like, oh, were we going Saturday or what? And she's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Walked out the door to go to work. It's like, fuck, what? No, I need... 
God damn it! <laughs> so I will be seeing that. I'm just not sure when, but I will also be experiencing it in IMAX. So be the man and just buy the tickets. Well, you make the decision. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it all goes back to what? What? What do you want for dinner? And then she doesn't answer, kind of thing. Yeah. You got to take charge there, man. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, <laughs> one of those things. You don't answer. You're having this. Enjoy it, bitch. There you go. <laughs> What do you mean you don't want Chipotle? Well, I bought it anyways. Eat it. Eat it. You know. What do you mean you're allergic? Since when? It's just a little throat close. It's okay. It'll open up again. Just give it a little bit of time. You'll be dead, but it'll open up, and my life will be peaceful. Yes. You can see Mike has some female issues. Well... (laughs) <laughs> I, I care that's what the EpiPen's for you know yep. <laughs> um, alright well, well speaking about the the modern horror uh, are either of you guys interested in actually seeing Pet Cemetery that's opening up this week actually yeah I'll, I'll see it. It, it it's there you know it, it, it looks there. good enough it's there <laughs> I, I, I can't say that I'm super excited about it but I know John Lithgow is a good actor so I might, I might actually go around to go see that and probably moderately enjoy myself you know <laughs> I can't call until I see it you know it's, it's one of those things I gotcha I gotcha Michael <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry go ahead I'm, oh, I'm, nope. I'm on board for Lithgow, too, and that, that's really the only reason that I have any interest in it whatsoever. Because I like the original just so much, I just don't... Uh, but I'll I'll probably see it, maybe even this week, who knows. I mean, horror fans are so indecisive nowadays, you know, especially with, with us. It's a very split camp, and for them, for you to say you don't like something, for somebody else that you, you know that who's got decent taste in movies say they do like it, you kind of have to see it for yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. C- kind of like Suzanne, the new Suspiria, we keep threatening her to watch. She's she's not she's not doing it still though. So, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to Suspiria in just a second. But uh, <laughs> for myself, for Pet Cemetery, um, I was I was never super interested. Like I watched the trailer and everything, and I'm just a little confused by the the child cult, but. The rest of it looked good, but it feels unnecessary because the book's great. The last film was, I thought, pretty damn good. You talking um, about Pet Cemetery too? Oh no, I'm just talking the the original Pet Cemetery. I thought that was pretty damn good. See, I think I think Pet Cemetery two is a superior film to the first one, but that's that's just me talking. Because Zombie Clancy Brown trumps everything. I think oh, he is <laughs> fucking amazing. I will say that. Well, the only thing I could say about that is, is I remember being scared of him as a kid, like the very first time I saw it. But I have not seen that film in at least a decade, probably more. So I need to revisit fun. it. <laughs> Edward Furlong is terrible in that movie. It is, mm-hmm. It's really terrible. and He's it, terrible in everything but Terminator 2. Even now, though. Yeah, we, <laughs> talked, we talked about it. Go, go back to that episode... Uh, supposedly X's last ride because he's been on the show a couple more times since then, but on and off. But we we dig in to, to why X is a light Terminator too, and it's it's pretty epic. And I, you know. how can you not like Terminator two? That's a, that's a, that's insane. I, I I loved it when I was like fourteen. I just kind of like it now. Okay, I I could, yeah, it's it's there. 
I, I, I can be more than satisfied with that first movie and just move on some days. Most days, I can move on. And I get that. It, the, the original has more of a horror feel, and, and for people that sway more that way, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like but, I said, my, that's my taste. It ain't everybody's right, taste, you know? Right, right. And, you know, back to that, and set Pet Cemetery at the same time, um... The only thing that's really interested me as of late is every single review that I've seen, and I haven't read a lot of them, but the the thing I keep seeing said about it is how dark it is, how dark it is, and it gets to the grief and how dark it is. And it's just like, okay, now you have me interested. And you guys are saying John Lithgow, and you know I, he is a great actor, but he never drew me in. It was never like, oh, that's a great choice for Judd. Especially once I saw the trailer, it's like, oh, you're not doing the thick New England accent. Oh. I I guess I get it, wanting to be different, but that is what I fucking associate with that story. I mean, when the last time I read the book, I had that thick fucking Maine accent going through my head almost the entire time I'm reading it. And now to to watch this new version of it and it just not be there, it feels a little off. I don't. I don't know. That's just me. Now, are they moving settings? That that's that was my big question. I heard a lot of folks complain about the lack of the main accent, uh, the accent, and I was curious if they actually were staying in Maine or if they're moving settings because they can move the setting real fast by piss off about a million people, but they <laughs> they they can uh, they can move the main setting to somewhere else, and you know it would be justified, I guess, but. I I think that I like Fred Gwynn and and a few a few things that I've seen. I've I watched a lot of old stuff with him. And I can't deny the monsters, although I think that the Adams Family is a much better show. Um, again, this man's opinion, but um, <laughs> Lithgow has has proven that he can go over the top with the best of them. I mean, he's he's the only That's one true. that that I've known. And ever since I was a little kid, I got scared the fuck out of by it. Can out can out Shatner Bill Shatner in that Twilight Zone movie? <laughs> I mean, he was insane. You know, Shatner was just being who Shatner is, but it went it went to some levels that I, I even today watching his performance in that movie alone in Buckaroo Banzai, and I'm one of the biggest heralders of uh, this is comedy. But I I, I rewatched Third Rock from the Sun probably like four times mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's so fucking funny. He's a big part of my why it's funny. See, you, right now, Gary, have encouraged me. I'm hoping there's at least some point in the film where he just cranks that motherfucker up to 11 and we're seeing that version of Judd. You know, that that completely over-the-top Lithgow. That's what I want now. He'd have to to go there. I, I, I don't know. I was... I. He's been very subdued lately, and I was thinking we were going to get kind of, you know, that very subdued performance out of him. But with, with just that little sprinkling of salt on there, just that little spice, I'm hoping we get that. That oh god, that'd be so good. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, <laughs> see, seeing how it plays out. I always like to see how stuff plays out because there, there's there, there's been remakes that have been. Just controversial, better than the original, and I, I, I think that um, there's certain ones out there that pull it off. 
I think Night of the Living Dead 1990 does it real fine to, to, to make it better than the original. And, and, I can, and I can say this with confidence because Romero wrote the script, so I can't really say, hey, you fucked up his movie. Because I'd say, hey, he'd be fucking up his own movie. Because, you know... <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's, other, there's other remakes, too, that I, I really dig, but 85% of them you can just throw in the garbage because they're not necessary. I'm talking to you, Rollerball remake. Just talking to you, you know. <laughs> just sucking the soul out of a movie that I love so much and trimmed to some action piece with LL Cool J and Chris Klein. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, are you saying you don't enjoy Chris Klein's performance in that? It's so layered and so deep. <laughs> let's, let's put two and two together, okay? Even today, James Conn has more manliness in his pinky than Chris <laughs> Klein will ever have, okay? You know? Uh, you you have an excellent point, but um, can't really dig uh, too deep into the whole which remake is better aspect because uh, that's actually a subject I'd like to tackle at a later point for a yeah. show. I think that would be an excellent show. So I would be glad to come back on for that, sir. <laughs> I have lots I have lots of opinions on remakes. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Um. But with all that being said, let's take a quick break and we will be right back with the uh, main event after this. Subscribe to the Kill the Dead podcast on Apple Podcast. Remember to show us some support and leave a comment or iTunes review. Have a project you'd like to promote? Contact us. Killthedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you, listening to the podcast. Me? No, not you, dumbass. Hey, you there with the face and that stupid shit that all these radio ads say. Hey, you like free shit, right? Of course you do. Who doesn't like free shit? How about a free Blu-ray and a t-shirt that may or may not fit you? And if it doesn't, you could probably use it as a blanket and some other shit. That's right. All free, all to you. And all you have to do is go to our new iTunes account and rate and review us. Just help us out. It's not too hard. You go there, preferably giving us five stars, and you write a little review. And for that, you will be entered to win Bone Tomahawk on Blu-ray, a Monster Mania t-shirt, and a couple little bonuses tossed in just for you. And on top of all that, There's we surprises. are working... Yeah. On top of all that, we're working to make your Bone Tomahawk edition really stand out from the crowd can't quite say yet because we haven't got confirmation but i'm working on that and uh hope you guys 
will give us five stars. As soon as we get to, what do you say, Mike? What's a good number? Um, how about 20? Okay, so as soon as we get to 20, a person will be randomly picked, and you will win all this shit and probably more. Yeah, I might throw in some more bonuses just because I like you people. Right. Do I like you? you like us so much, remember, rate and review. Rabbit and Red Radio Network. Doesn't have to be five stars. If you want to give a one star and leave a comment that Michael J. sucks cocks in hell, please do so. All right, and we're back. And I no, feel no, no, like no, I'm no, starting no, the Sunday no, show. No, wait. It's Sunday again. Bring it and back with some conviction, Mike. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where's the emotion? I don't have any emotion. I don't know how to do emotion. I can't act. You've seen my films. No, that's um, very true. Or, no, I can't do it. Fuck it. We're back, and we're doing Western horror, and um, I haven't seen a lot of Western horror, but I do have some something to add, surprisingly. Well, yeah. before we get there, sure. and, and by the way, th- those classes at the uh, Bronson School of Acting really paid off, Mike. Oh, speaking of Bronson, you know what? I should have brought this up in the first segment. I watched an Alfred Hitchcock Presents from season one. I think it was episode... I want to say between episode 15 and 20 where Charles Bronson was a guest star. Really? That's cool. I enjoyed it immensely. It was 1955. That's cool. I was like, Paul Kersey's on Alfred Hitchcock! Yes! Why do you think of him as Paul Kersey? Because he's, he's done so many other films. Because he is the one and true Paul Kersey. That's why. <laughs> Back Fuck to remakes. I didn't, I didn't hate that movie. <laughs> Which one? The original one? I, I like. I like. I, I like the remake and the original one. I. I. Not I, I say it's the best thing you're ever going to see ever, but it's fair, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, before we move on, Gary, I have to know when when you think. Of Charles Bronson, what role do you think of? Oh, um, not Death Wish the original because I didn't see that one first, but probably like um, some of the sequels. But Charles Bronson, what do I think of when I think of Charles Bronson? I don't know, just canon films in general, the stuff he was in, t- Ten to Midnight, stuff like that that oh, I would have okay. seen. Yeah, that's classic too. I love that too. Yeah. See, I think of Once Upon a Time in the West. It's a good one. It's, it's one of the one of the best. It's a western, right? And that was a nice little segue, right, Mike? Anyway, yeah. um, it's not speaking hard, of that. Though. Well, <laughs> I, I think the reason, and, and we're going to segue in into the horror. Trust me, I, I've got these segues things down. Um, I think the reason for the influx of Western-style horror is because I think a lot of these filmmakers were raised probably like us. Because I, I, I'm assuming, like you guys, I grew up and my father was a fan of Westerns. Or yeah. at least some male figure in my life was. And so I grew up watching them. And I have to say, I, at the time, I didn't appreciate them. But now looking back, I appreciate them. Because I... I I'm not old enough to have really grown up with the Duke, but, you know, I grew up watching a lot of Clint Eastwood with my dad. And, you know, 
just just looking back, I, I you mean like the outlaw Josie Wales? I still remember that. That movie's fucking badass and has some great lines. Like, I, uh, I, I can't wait till I can't wait till I have a son and I force him to watch Shane, whether he wants to or not. It's, it's, <laughs> gonna, it's gonna happen. I swear, you know. Right. I mean, there's so many classics: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hang 'em high. Uh, the Pale Rider, not really, no, sorry. <laughs> High Plains Drifter, though, that one's badass, like a resurrected, I, I don't even know how you go about that one, or the fucking Oscar-winning Unforgiven, fucking amazing films. Tombstone. Right? Oh. Can't deny Tombstone. Kurt Russell? Oh, so good. If you, if you call yourself a man, you haven't seen Tombstone. Then you're not quite a man, okay? You, you, you need to watch that very manly movie and and uh, go for it, you know. <laughs> Mike, I'll buy it for you on Blu-ray. I know you've never seen it. I have it. <laughs> have you ever seen it? Um, I've seen parts of it a long time ago. It's I been a long time, man. <laughs> I'll have to go back and people and, see Michael. People see people see Michael B. and they say, "Oh, that's that guy from Terminator." And it's like fucking Johnny motherfucker Ringo. Okay, get out of my face with that shit. You know. Ah, <laughs> uh, so many good movies, and and people raised on them. I, I think that people like us that absolutely love horror, they, they tend to kind of infl- eh. <laughs> Tongue got a little mixed up there. Sorry, people. They they tend to mix in some of the loves that they have from their past. I mean, look at Ty West. He's now made his own Western. Um, and it's so many good. people. Right, it is. In the Valley of Violence, I, I suggest watching it. It's a, it's a good fucking film. I think it's a good double feature of Hateful Eight. But um, I think it's only natural that those filmmakers kind of start mixing their two loves. I I can't say that's always the case because fuck we've had you know western horror films since the beginning. I mean there there's a fucking silent film here. I'm looking at a list of them. Uh The Haunted Range. You know, it's a, about a ghost fucking cowboy. So, I mean this shit's been around forever. Did you but... say a ghost fucking a cowboy? I was going to say nothing, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a ghost fucking cowboy. You know? Oh, I thought you uh, meant a ghost fucking a cowboy. I was going to be like, holy fuck, how can one yeah, it's thing the silent stay film in the other From thing. 1926 wow. called The Haunted Range. And it's basically the predecessor to the entity. Okay, hold right? on, keep talking. And, it, and it's all about this bunkhouse. And, mm. you know, this entity is just there, and it keeps fucking this cowboy. Oh my god, hold on, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ghost your pecker out, Mike? What's that? <laughs> oh, come on, I don't want to do a charity. Go ahead, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there, there's stupid shit like that, but it, it's been around a long time. And, and it's kind of been the, the B picture for a long, long time. Uh, and, and, you know, saying that, Obviously, I'm meaning, like, the Beast of Hollow Mountain, which, you know, uh, a dinosaur on a cattle ranch. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, there is some good shit, like um, uh, the Living Coffin. Uh, 
many of you probably never even heard of it, like Michael J. But Living Coffin. Wait, did you say that last one was called The Haunted Range? What? That that one yeah. you're talking about, the fucking the ghost fucking the cowboy. That's the Haunted Range. Yeah, silent film. Okay, because all I'm seeing is. Are you trying to buy um, it? The, well, I'm trying to find it, and all I see is the Haunted Ranch, the Range Busters Haunted Ranch from 1943. No, 1926 Haunted oh, Ranch. Oh, that doesn't help me. All right, I gotta look somewhere else. Okay, keep talking. You hear about a man being raped by a ghost, and your first thought is, I need to own this. What well, the fuck is wrong with you? Well, I want to see I want to see ghost rape. I just think that ghost rape could be interesting, that's all. Watch The Entity. Uh, I did. I have watched The Entity. Uh, Scream Factory has it, uh, most definitely. Um, My VHS has very bad spots in it with the rape. I, I had the Anchor Bay DVD. Especially the ghost penetration. I oh had my the God. Anchor Bay DVD. I'm so glad I did not buy the Blu-ray considering that Scream Factory is releasing it. Yep. Okay, let's see. No, there, there's no actual ghost sex, Mike. It's a silent <sighs> film about, you know, a ghost cowboy. Oh, well, that's no fun. Well, I yeah. can watch it and, and, and insert the sexual scenes in my mind. See, there you go. That That's using your head. That's it. That's See, I know how this works. It's great. i got to make a list of these movies, so if you have a list, you should send it to me because I don't, I'm not going to remember. So, <laughs> But, oh, like I said, uh, a lot of them were relegated to B-films. Like, all right, when, when people think of these, let, let's be honest, they're, they're thinking of, like, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Oh, it's terrible. I watched it like ten times. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, oh no! If you thought that was bad, we then have the masterpiece that is Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. Ah, I've heard of it. I've never gotta, seen it. We gotta seek it out now. See, uh, from all reports, I've not seen it. Um, it is even worse than Billy the Kid. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we we start getting some interesting films like 1973's Westworld. Oh, that's something. Yeah, Again, we, we talked about John Carpenter, and I can guarantee that he saw Westworld. It's even, we, we talked about this in a review that we did a long ago. There's a, there's a scene in which Yul Brenner is, is chasing Richard Benjamin. Not chasing, because he doesn't need to run. Because he's fucking the Yul Brenner, just walking. He's <laughs> fucking scary enough as it is. Right. But there's a theme, look, the guy, I think it's called the Gunslinger's theme, if you look for the soundtrack, where you can hear beats from that piano beat from the Halloween theme. You have know, the, the slow, when, when Michael's getting up, the doom, doom, doom. Right, doom, that, that, doom. the stalking theme. You can, he can hear the beat. Within the beat of that that track itself, and his swagger is is much like Michael Myers' swagger, but then again, it's Yule fucking Brenner, so he's infinitely better. It's just you know, this is all it is. But um, again, not not, not taking, but again, it's, it's like you know, homaging real well, just you know, right. borrowing. It's real. It's it's real fine. Well, let's let's be honest. That's that's what people do. You know, we, we find inspiration in things and kind of make it our own. We put our own little spin on it. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Dave Z, with, all right, all right. What, <laughs> you, you you like, you know, you like these podcasts because they stay the same age and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've seen Dazed and Confused, too. 
Huh? Dave tries with the jokes. I'm <laughs> fine with that. Uh, but, you know, what well, you saying that I really need to go back and watch Westworld. It's been a long time since I watched the original movie. Yeah, you should, man, because it, 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 you'll, see, you'll see a lot of beats in there. And I, and I think that was one of the first ones ever that really captured that unstoppable killing force, you know, because he just kept shooting him and he threw acid in his face. He just kept coming after him. And this is Richard Benjamin. This is milk toast mustachio Richard Benjamin, who should not have been the hero in that movie. But that was <laughs> like one of the biggest like things ever when, when James Brolin dies first and you didn't see that coming. No, you never the, expect that the whippy guy's the hero now you know you're supposed to believe this but it makes it believable so there you go it's uh Westworld check it out you know it's good stuff fuck yeah but you know it really kind of this genre I have to say kind of caught its stride and give me shit if you want but Ghost Town I think is a fairly entertaining film I just watched it actually <laughs> in preparation for the show because I've never seen it before and I've always seen the VHS cover and, it's uh, a fucking iconic cover. Yeah, there, there, there's only one skeleton in the film, really, which is a, towards the towards the beginning of the movie. But the 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 plot itself is, you know, it's 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 an empire film, so you're limited to 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 what you get. But it's the stories um by David Schmoller, the guy that that did the first Puppet Master, and of course Tourist Trap. So I knew it was in for some fun with this movie. <laughs> Because if you haven't seen Tourist Trap, let me tell you, there's some wacky shit going on in Tourist Trap. Oh, and, yes, there is. And uh, oh, this, this is, uh, I didn't expect anything less from this movie, but I got, they did really well with their settings. Their, their bad guy was kind of cool. The hero was kind of like the fish out of water, and it worked out pretty good for him. And I, uh, I dug it. It was good. Right, right. I mean, obviously, it's a low-budget, limited film, but I, I, it's fun. And really... You can't expect much more from a film that has a cover like that. And the makeups were good too. I mean, the squibs were were great, you know, and the the gore was fine for what you had. And I I, I dug it. Is it's? I don't think it's going to be a buy unless you get it real cheap. But I, I dug <laughs> it though, you know. Right. I, I I think it is a really fun movie, and you know it. What more do you want? You know, ghosts are running this town, and. Uh, it's, uh, it's so good. <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of 2000 Maniacs, so if you like 2000 Maniacs, you might like this movie. It's, it's It reminded me quite a bit of that without, you know, the redneck violence and, you know, fake arms falling off of bodies. I love you, H.G. Lewis, so much, but some of those, <laughs> some of those, some of those limbs look really, really bad in today's eyes. Well, yeah, with today's standard, I mean, come on, you're supposed to be drunk or high at the drive-in oh, watching I've it. I've not even got standards with it, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's there for you to laugh at, and you know, that's what he's going for, that drive through crowd, I mean, dri- drive through fourth meal, drive-in crowd, you know. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it really started catching its stride right around this time, because we, we did get some lower-budget films like that, and... Uh, one that I, I've wanted to see for a long time, uh, Grim Prairie Tales. Anyone heard of this one? I, hmm. I'll, I'll let Mike go first. I've been hogging the whole conversation. Mike, have you seen it before, man? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, James Earl Jones, Brad Dorf, and it's an anthology. Oh, hold all on Western a second. Based. Keep, keep talking. Oh, he needs <laughs> to buy this one, too. 
Well, it never meant. I think it has like a real out of print DVD release in, in a laser disc. I'm talking to you, Jerry Herring, and you are a bunch of laser discs, man. Go find that. But um, mostly just VHS, and I've seen it on cable three or four times, and rented it from the video store. I, I can't remember a whole lot about it because when I was looking to view it online, it's like nowhere to be found. Except for, um, I found a Laserdisc rip of it somewhere, so I'm, I'm going to have that later, and I'll, I'll share it with you gentlemen on, on, the, on the sly. But um, I remember liking it okay. It, it's, it's not the best thing you're going to see all year or anything, but, but then again, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's got some great genre actors in there. And I, I think that, um, we t- talking about Ghost Town, if Ghost Town had one or two genre actors in it, I think it would have been a much, much better film. And then, yeah, it, it, it's oh, good, agreed. though. Agreed. And, so, and, and from what I remember, Grim Prairie Tales is fair as well, but it just was one of those ones that never had a big, uh, like a big DVD release. It just kind of hung out on VHS and cable and, and Laserdisc. Yeah, it is. I mean, I ran across this because I was searching, <clears throat> searching for a movie that I'd seen once on TV as a kid, and I just wanted to find it, and I... I kept searching, trying to figure out what it was, and I accidentally discovered Grim Perry Tales instead, and just reading about it, it's like, well, this isn't it, but this sounds amazing, and I've actually been looking for it for some time, so. But you're totally right about Ghost Town. I mean, if if uh, the woman they were looking for was Linnea Quigley, let's say, and then you, you toss in, like, a... a, a a male genre actor that's known at the time. Come on, how hard is it? Ugh. Well, Thomerson was working. Better. Tim Thomerson was working for Empire at that time, so it would have been a nice fit to throw him in there. As yeah, like the, the hero, you know. And uh, I, I have to bring it up because this is a movie I was actually searching for. Um, Gray Knight. Gray Knight. I know what that is. Oh, okay. Well, it has a, another title that it's also known by, The Killing Box. No, I don't know that either. Nothing, gonna, okay. i look it up. Tell us so about it. This is a, a movie that takes place during the Civil War, and it's um, <laughs> some slave traders accidentally uh, unleash this voodoo entity, and it starts... Uh, resurrecting the Confederate soldiers, and oh, it's got a big cast in it. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I just remember as a kid uh, waking up and my dad was watching it. I think he accidentally watched it because it was a Civil War movie, kind of, mm-hmm. and just catching. I think the end of it, and it always, always stuck with me, and it has taken me. Honestly, about two decades to track down what this fucking film is. And it is limited, to my knowledge, to a DVD release. But I am the proud owner of said fucking DVD. <laughs> yeah. Corbin Burnson, uh, Adrian Pazdar, who, if you guys know what Near Dark is, he's in that. I know mm-hmm. you guys know what it is, but you're listening. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> which, which and, and, you know, to bring that up, you know, is like a modern western in a way it, it has the western structure to it the, the way oh, they absolutely. wrote it and uh that's a, that's a big way to look at that movie but uh back to this one Ray Wise is in this movie from Twin Peaks and RoboCop and 
of course, Jeepers Creepers, which I'm on the fence about, of course. Uh, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Sheen, Dean Cameron, uh, Chainsaw himself, David Arquette. Big big cast in this movie. I right. watch this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know why it kind of got buried, but uh, I, I I think it's well worth seeing if, if you're into this subgenre. But let's face facts. This really came to the forefront with Ravenous. And if you haven't seen Ravenous, stop our podcast. Stop whatever the fuck you're doing. I don't care if you're at your job. Tell your boss you have to go home sick. You need to fucking see Ravenous right now. Holy shit, is it good. I have yeah. it. I don't think I've seen it, but I have it. Oh, oh my god, Mike. How I'll, I'll, not I'll, I'll leave it? the podcast and I'll watch well, it. Well, to, to be I, fair, really? I only saw I only saw bits and pieces of it, and until we reviewed it, probably like four four or five shows ago, and it's it's a great watch. And that's all I'll say. I don't want to give too much away about it, but it's got cannibalism. It's got a Wendigo Wendigo aspects to it. It's got right. Robert Carlyle acting crazy. You know, and he'll always be begging me to me. You know, Guy yeah. Pierce as well. You know. Begbie. I love train spotting so much. Not horror again, but Robert <laughs> Carlyle is excellent in it, so there you go. It's, uh, Ravenous is terrific, y'all. And once again, uh, oh, fuck. Forgot his name. Sorry. Once again, for the one millionth and one time, mm-hmm. I'm bad with names, but yeah. David Arquette, there we go. It came to me. Mm-hmm. Is also in Ravenous. Yes, he is. Uh, um, no, Mike, it's really uh, it's so good. It's about uh, an outpost in the Old West time, and it's kind of a takeoff of, um, well, the Wendigo story, if you're aware of it, and how these soldiers at this outpost kind of deal with this newcomer, and it's so fucking twisted, and the music is so weird, but good, uh. and... Uh, it's so good. Um, my suggestion, if you're like Mike and for some reason missed this, uh, one, once again, stop our show, watch Ravenous, go and listen to Gary's review of it, and then really dig deep in the archives and find uh, the review of it on Graveshift Radio and listen to that. Not only do we get in depth, but we also talk about how we would handle said situation. And there's a lot of who would eat who, and you know, it just ending up in a big circle of mouth to ass, all of us eating each other. And yeah. wow, <laughs> holy shit, that's that's a lot of shit eating. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm I'm just saying. I'm right down. Now, if we're stranded and know. a blizzard, Mike, I'm mm-hmm. fucking eating you. Well. I mean, uh, go for it. <clears throat> I know you're not going to run away with your gimpy little fucking... Obviously, the run away is not going to and... happen, exactly. Yeah. 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 I won't put up a fight. I'll, I'll, I'll just, um, I'll, um, I'll bring the seasoning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring one up and be, to go back a couple of years. Uh, this came out in 1989. Uh, Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah! One. I completely forgot that one. It's Bruce a, Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, yeah. <laughs> D- David Carradine. Uh, who else? Deborah Foreman from uh, April Fool's Day and other stuff. Uh, and then the Walsh. 
who was at the great and everything. Go, go watch Blood Simple and just tell me how great Emma Walsh is in that movie. And uh, that's again not horror, but you know what? Here we are. <laughs> but Gray uh, <laughs> John Rack is in this film. It's funny. Basically, it's like a Van Helsing, who's played by by um, Bruce Campbell, comes right. to this town of vampires who are allowed to see out the sunlight because guess what? They wear sunblock, so they're okay. <laughs> and, uh, um, David Carradine's your bad guy. If you haven't found this picture, you don't know what this movie is. You can buy it digitally, I believe, but I don't think it has like a Blu-ray release, which is kind of a shame. I'm waiting for shout back, uh, shout or scream to say, "Hey, we're going to put this out," and I would, uh, I would hope for some extras and love those extras. So I, I would, I would love an interview with Bruce about that. I, I think that'd be funny. I did that movie? Really? Get the fuck <laughs> out of my face. <laughs> well, last time I saw Bruce, I said, thanks for Briscoe County Jr., and he gave me a big big, uh, big thumbs up with that one, you know. <laughs> the, the only way Bruce can, you know. If oh, you've yeah. met him, the, the, the swagger matches what's on screen. Oh, it's, 100%. It's just there. <laughs> <laughs> I I met him, and I actually, I, I actually made him have a second of pause. Because I met him at his most recent book signing, mm-hmm. or at least his most recent tour for the book signing, and of course, you know, he shows up, and as soon as he does, he gets over the PA, and it's the the charisma that you expect. And by the time I get to him, I, I have my uh, Thorn clamshell original VHS copy uh, of Evil Dead for him to sign, oh. and I hand it to him, and you know, he's. Just, you know, signing, 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 everything. And he literally pauses and looks at it. And then he looks at me and he goes, this looks like an original. Like, yup. Like, just to be able to stump him that little bit, that, that, that brings joy to my heart. That he knows I'm that big of a fucking nerd for him. Hmm. That I track down that motherfucker that's older than I am. <laughs> One of my favorite things ever, when I met Robert England for probably like the fourth time, I actually had... Three posters that were naked when I was autographed this time around, and I have a uh, an Italian Nightmare Two poster. <laughs> he notices it right away. He's like, "Ooh, it's Italian," and it's 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 an original one too. You know, I don't know if people are nuts about that, but I am because I have connections that can get me the stuff for not very much money. But he's like, "You know, you know, it's Italian. You can see your panties." He's, he just pointed it out. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> you're a sick man. But I love you, Bob Bob England." You know. <laughs> Oh, continue. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, one that really ignited my love for this genre uh, was uh, Dead Birds. It's really good. It is. Um, once again, you know, right around Civil War, and has to do with voodoo. Uh, not to say that you know everything has to do with race and magical black powers with these films but you know it's kind of a theme sorry people well it does take place on plantation in this movie <laughs> so there's that uh mike you're you're also the producer on this can we can we talk about uh magical black powers and plantations or are we gonna get in trouble for that uh no let it go okay okay all right so yeah it takes place on a plantation and these guys uh after robbing a bank flee here and uh some really crazy shit happens and if you haven't seen it and i think there's a lot of people out there that actually don't appreciate this film which is mind-boggling 
you should check this one out. I'm not, I'm not telling you to stop the podcast. It, it's not ravenous good, but this it's is a good fucking ravenous film. Ravenous good. That's that's good. What are you? Ravenous is an amazing film, man. Well, Dewey's in it, bitch. Of course, it's amazing. <laughs> He's not Dewey. He has earned his own fucking name. He's Dewey. Fuck you for just calling him He's Dewey. Dewey. Just like Jamie Kennedy is always Randy. That's how it works. Well, he hasn't really done a whole lot. The only other thing that really comes <laughs> oh, to mind... Oh, you shut your Jamie whore Kennedy. mouth. You shut your whore mouth right now. <laughs> is that that stupid white rapper movie he did and that now was the fucking, Tremors movies? That was brilliant. That's, 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 that was good. I enjoyed that. But also, you have... um. Let's see. Um. Oh! Fuck! Come on! He just signed on to do. He just signed on to do a fucking movie. Tremors Eight or some shit like that. No, no, no. Aside from Tremors, something else, and I can't remember what it is. (laughs) Fuck you, you! (laughs) I mean, come on! They've they've done them in the desert. Now they're done in the Arctic. They have to go to space now. He was in Bowfinger. Bowfinger was fucking brilliant. Bowfinger is great. Don't tell me. Bowfinger? Oh my god! Yes, he was. You don't. Oh my god. I don't remember him at all in Bowfinger, you sorry. You probably don't even rem- remember Bowfinger. Yes, I remember Bowfinger. Eddie Murphy was very good in that. He played the two roles, and yeah, yeah. And Steve Martin and Heather Grant. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised you, you know something. Good for you. Wow. Okay. Says the one that hasn't said one fucking thing during this entire show. Oh, well, it's yeah. because I haven't seen a lot of Western horror, so I'm not going to It's because you don't, don't watch know. movies anymore, Mike. I You haven't watched movies in 20 years. Well, that's because Father Knows Best and Leave It to Beaver are on in the morning, and that's what I watch. That's, no, let's again. be honest. That's because, in your opinion, films have not got better. Like, nothing has been worth seeing since Halloween 6. Well, actually, that is the greatest film of all time, so... And and actually, yes, still, that that is the greatest film of all time, so... I never do your opinion. Do you prefer the producer's cut of that movie, which I call Rain Man Michael, when they throw the runes on the floor, he just counts them all at once? And, you know, it's, it's... See, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, well, see, but it's tough for me, because I saw the theatrical first, so I have a soft spot for that one. I I love that opinion now. Uh, that makes it so much better. Thanks, Gary, because now John him. will shove that down my throat countless times for the rest of my life, and that—that's. Oh, I've made fun of it since I've seen the fucking rocks. Since the very first time I pirated it off the internet well, and you know, saw the rocks. You but. know what I don't like, and I'll, and I'll tell you. And I and I and I when I first got the the VHS of that, I got a VHS bootleg of that in 1999, and that was the first time that I saw it. Somebody in um, Minnesota was selling it online i think i paid twenty dollars for a, a vhs that had the time code at the bottom and all that stuff oh yeah from the scene i mean from the end when you know after the the rocks are on the ground and loomis comes in if you notice and the the remastered blu-ray you can see it better but if you notice it looks like donald was going to trip over the runes because uh, the cane, it seems almost like he lost his footing there for a second. It's very... I still can't watch that without so getting too upset. So, the power of the runes are so powerful that even that little bit of evil that was still in Loomis's heart from part five almost held him back. He didn't have evil in his heart. You don't want to make the movie better? What the fuck are you talking about? He's he had this bourbon. child he in had, a fucking hospital he bed. Had Where bourbon. is she? He had, Where is she? He had bourbon in his stomach. He did not have evil in his heart. 
Well, would it be, would it be better if, if, if Pleasance had lived, you know, to the filming of that movie, is they filmed a whole other ending of the alternate ending in which they go to Vegas, they win a whole lot of money by counting cards, you know? <laughs> I would love that even more so. <laughs> See, I love that ending because now, you know, when Loomis is coming, Michael, it'll be okay. You know, he's just comforting him about the stones. Yeah. He's you, just found, you found your true calling, Michael. Gambling, cheating at gambling. Yes, Michael, there are 19 stones. Yes. Good boy, Michael. It's okay. Calm Good down. Good boy. What the fuck? Is he a dog? Well, yeah. He's talking to him because he's a retard, you know? You gotta he talk really down isn't. To him he's just silent. He's a maniac. No, he's, he's the maniac. He, well, I, I, I think if you really look at the films, uh, Donald Pleasance is kind of a maniac, too. Well, that's that's how he's meant to be played. That's why I enjoy him. Uh, all right, so back back to Western horror. Let's 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 get to the tail end here. Um, I I think right on level with Dead Birds is uh, the Burrowers. I just watched that for the first time too, actually. On uh, prep. In, in prep, yeah. Because I, I, people tell me to watch that, and I haven't watched it, so I was what I got think? it watched. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> it was good. I, I wouldn't call it an all out like horror film. I thought something was wrong with the sound design, like the whole, like the first part of the film I was watching, you kept hearing the noise, which you find out later is just the noise of the burrowers just like pursuing right. them, kind of like the cicadas and like the beast within, it's just this noise throughout the whole film, so if you're annoyed by sound design, it may really annoy you if you don't know there's a plot point in which these creatures come from underground because they can't stand the sun to, to, to kill people, you know, well, well, to market them and then eat them. Because they marked them first, you know. Like a skunk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But real, real, it it was, um, it worked pretty good. And I I like that, um, that after the story, you know, the really race race relations between them and the the tribes, that works real well. But as a a horror aspect, if you're looking to be terrified, I don't think this this is for you, this isn't for you. I, I think as far as the film goes, in which... You, you see the creatures minimally, and that's and that works just fine for me. You get to see more of what they do than anything else, and right. I think that's great because sometimes less is more. You know, I think one of the one of the greatest you know faux pas of all time is when Stan Winston made Pumpkinhead, and like wow, you could barely see that creature. Yeah, because he knows it's big and clunky. That's why he filmed it in the dark a lot. That's why that's why it's so great. You know. These creatures kind of look kind of crappy looking, but you know, in the dark, if, it, if you know, filmed in the dark, they, they look they look good. Yeah, you don't proper see as much detail. Yeah, exactly. Until you get Pumpkinhead two, where he's walking around with fucking Nikes on. Yeah. Hey, Punky Brewster wasn't Pumpkinhead two. <laughs> so was Linnea. Were her breasts in Pumpkinhead two though? Punky Brewster's breasts. Well, no, but Linnea's were. Okay, <laughs> that's that's fine. <laughs> Oh, um, it, it it did really good with the less is more aspect of it, and it's a better film because of it. So the yeah, Burrowers I, is a is his a it's a it's a B minus out of out of full full grade. There, it's it's fine. Yeah, I I do really enjoy that one, and I don't know why. And I, I put it right up there with Dead Birds. I, I think it's totally one worth seeing. Um, and, and you know, just to kind of wrap this up, uh. We've got Exit Humanity, which I think is another one that deserves a little limelight on it. 
Uh, anyone seen this one? You guys remember mm-hmm. this one at all? No. Okay. No. Uh, it, it's this one's more of a dramatic piece, and it, it's so it's not horror; it's drama. No, 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 no. Uh, it, it's a zombie film. Uh, it's still drama. Zombie films are drama these days. Uh, basically, is this uh, a new film? It's 2012. All it's right, about a civil on. war vet trying to make his way home, and the zombie apocalypse is going on. So it, it's kind of like The Walking Dead. But you know, old west, and it, it's it's good. It's it's worth seeing. All really right. good performance in All it. All right, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> that is code for Mike is going to buy that film. This this is a fun aspect. I could name at least one of these. What's what's a horror western that you should avoid? There there. Um, oh fuck, John. Oh. What, what should you avoid? Uh, that's uh oh should avoid um high plains invaders. Oh, is this about aliens? It is. It is. Okay. And it's from sci-fi. Mm. Is it an asylum picture? I believe so. Okay. It, uh, insectoid aliens invade the Old West. Mm. <laughs> Wait, what's the name of that? You're not buying that. Well, no, honestly, I like shit like that. That seems fucking weird. What's it called? High Plains I, I, Invaders. High yes. Plains Invaders. Ooh. Um, yeah. Did, did you see Gala Walkers when it came out there, John? I did not see that one. I did not. That's a film that should have worked, but it just didn't. It was that's why they make your villains really, really boring. <laughs> you, you put um, Wesley Snipes in a duster as as like a cowboy who kills vampires in the old west, and you make your film really, really boring. But in the right hands, it could have been great, and it just well, wasn't. It just wasn't there. Well, speaking of one like that, how about Dead and Tombstone? Danny Trejo with his deal with the devil. I didn't see the second one, but I liked the first one. Okay, it's not bad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really recommend you go out unless you're like a hardcore Danny Trejo Western fan. I think it's on. I think it's on Netflix right now. At least it was. Yeah, I I do own it though in my digital library. Um, but I I liked it. I, I like Mickey Rourke as the devil. That was a lot of fun. It's always fun to see the rare role of, of Anthony Michael Hall where he plays the heavy, he plays like the bad guy in yeah. this movie that wronged him. Uh, I hate you, Robert Scissorhands, for one reason, because you made me hate Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> I think I was a real <laughs> asshole in that movie. And, you know, he was. He played it so well. That, that, that did it. I was like, yeah, this guy's not somebody I like anymore, and that <laughs> makes me sad. Uh, but <laughs> that's for another show. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I like. I, I recommend it. It's 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 a nice it's a nice tale, and you know, as far as like it goes, it may be to see. You know, he has to kill all of his his crew yeah. in order to to redeem himself, and you get a dead in tombstone too. So I, I forget how the first one ends, but he does come back for a second one. Good old Danny Trejo, <laughs> always down for a sequel. Yes. <laughs> I right, like you like weird bad movies. I have one. And then we'll cap this off with one more film. Blood Moon from 2015. Okay, Mike? I've heard of it. Have you really? Yes. Uh, okay. It's about a stagecoach full of people. Right. All right? Mm-hmm. And one of them is a bank robber, mm-hmm. and one of them is a werewolf. Hmm. See, the werewolf kind of takes me out of it, because how is that what? a western? It's just a werewolf in an old west film. Have, 
That's, How does that take you out of it? I don't know. There were no Billy the Kid versus me. Dracula. Oh, you don't have any problem with that. Yeah, but, because oh there, my were God, no, there's a... there were no werewolves in the Old West. I, Billy the Kid is from the Old West, so I can believe that. You know, Dracula what are you just talking about skinwalkers. Man. Dracula time travels and teleports, and that's how he gets there, and that's how he fights Billy the Kid. I get that. You know, uh, plus he can't get staked, so he lives for millions and millions of years, and that's how that works. See, I, but I, but I, werewolves in fuck no, that does not work. Okay, See? I'm sorry, I forgot your IQ is what eighty five. 84. Don't give me an extra point because it's not deserved. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I forgot arguing logic with you is very difficult. However, uh, the Native Americans have a long-standing tradition of what's called skinwalkers, where they believe uh, that you could actually take on the uh, essence or actual physical form of your spirit animal. Uh, do you need a flex the capacitor most- to do this? A flex capacitor, well, you always need a flex capacitor. I mean, you ah, can't go wrong with one. Right. And Michael J. Fox. Ah, Preferably yes. without the Parkinson's. Parkinson's, not Parkinson's. That's what I said. No, you said Parkinson's. Sorry. I'm, you I'm made hungry. me think of you made me think of Percocet, the, the painkillers, which, yeah. Oh, okay. see, <laughs> you're thinking of painkillers, and I'm just sitting here hungry, actually thinking, where am I going to eat Did you this? fucking starve yourself today again? Oh, so, I do I breakfast. have to fucking fill your gullet with food before we record? I think that's what has. To, I have to ship you food. I have to get I Uber had Eats breakfast. To your thank location. you very much. You need I Uber Eats. I had a protein shake and two handfuls of peanut butter M and M's. Who's who's uh, protein did you have there? Oh, uh, well, we all know if you are longtime listeners, there are only two men's protein that I will gladly take: Bruce Campbell and Johnny Depp. So which one was it? <laughs> a real man never kisses and tells Mike. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> but see, you forgot my Western choice, which you might not consider oh, a Western, but I do. Bone Tomahawk, Western right? Ho- no. <clears throat> no. This is something much better. I'm listening. From the year 1987. That I really, really enjoy. Uh... Uh, it's 1987. 1987. Yep. <sighs> oh, you motherfucker. I think I got it figured out. Do you? I don't think you do. Alright, if if I get this right, you have to buy me a movie. Okay. I'll make it a cheap one. Okay. Okay? Okay. You're talking house too, aren't you? You motherfucker! <laughs> The cat or puppy made him do it. The how cat the made fuck him do did it. you exactly that cute little bitch? How, how <laughs> the, the cat fuck? Puppy is amazing. How the fuck did you figure that out, asshole? I already told you. I was sitting here looking at a list, dummy. How <laughs> the fuck is that on there? I didn't even. I do my research. That. I didn't even consider that a western. I brought that up as purely a gag. Oh, yes. No, that's a good fucking movie though. It has Western elements in it, you know. It def- yeah, it definitely does. That's why I brought it up as a gag, because I'm like, well, this will work as a gag, and the fucker <laughs> trumped me on it, asshole. Well, I'll send you what movie I want later. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think one that, you know, back to Carpenter again, that we didn't bring up, but what I think plays in the Western realm pretty well is uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, because that, that, oh, that, that plays, you know, has a lot of tropes in there of the Western, and which is not a surprise because that's a film that Carpenter's always want to make as a, as a true blue western. Yeah, 
and hasn't really done that yet, so I'm kind of waiting before he dies to make that Western that he's always wanted to make. I hope he does. I really do. And, man, you're right. Vampires, it gets shit on a lot anymore, but it's a, it, it is a fun Carpenter film to watch. I don't understand all the hate for it. I, I think it's it's well worth seeing. I think it's more James Woods' crazy political self that gets more hate than the movie does. It's just, okay. um, and, uh, it's Thomas, Thomas Ian Nicholas' uh, role as Valak in that movie, the, the, the head baddie. Yeah. All I think about is Karate Kid Part 3, and I get yes. real happy, you know. <laughs> he, okay, he's not the best, and let's face facts, it co-stars a Baldwin. Yeah, a less, the, the, the lesser Baldwin, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. D- D- Daniel Baldwin. I have to say, James Woods, regardless of your opinion of him, is actually really good in that role. Swagger's there, man, you know. Just, uh, it's good. You know, it's misogynistic, you know. He's... <laughs> He's got a boner most of the time, like he says in the movie. And, uh, teach. Teach, teach, my friend. Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Mike, back to yours. Um, also, I love House 2. I prefer it to, over the original House. I, it's a great film. I enjoy it as well. But, uh, yeah, I think really just to cap this off, we have to discuss uh, Bone Tomahawk. And, yep. uh, Mike, have you even seen it? I have not. Uh, yeah, like I said, you don't really watch movies. No. <laughs> but um, Bone Tomahawk, it gets a lot of love. And honestly, I watched it for a review on this show some years ago <clears throat> and uh, with a different host at the time. Uh, that would probably be season oh, Jesus three or four. Christ, not season shit again. Fuck that. I, I, no, Mike, you gotta listen. I, I got the seasons thing figured out. Oh, We're just going no. by hosts. Oh. Each host stent with the show oh. is now a season. Oh, okay. I can deal with that. because Right? The, the, you can live with that? So, yeah, they're obsolete so, now, so that's fine. Yeah, that, that that's that's our seasons. Yeah. Okay. So the different the different guys that have take on the leadership role or, the you know, the the, the makeup of the show. That's oh, the that's the oh, season. So thank Christ. Okay, good. Right. Two seasons ago, we reviewed it, and uh, I I like it, but I'm not that high on it. And uh, Dave Z actually was talking about it recently, and made me go back and rewatch it. And I have to say, as a film, it's quite good, but I think it takes too long to get to the horror aspects. There's such a long stretch in the middle where it's just guys talking. Yeah. While it's good dialogue, I want a little bit more. You know? it's, it's, it, I never considered a horror film. It has, it has horrific scenes in it. I mean, the... the um, that fucking... Like the, the, the wishbone scene is, uh, is pretty gross, you know? Right. Um... But yeah, the whole idea is 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 a horror element, you know. These troglodytes coming down from the mountain to uh, kidnap all the, I guess all the all the women in town or something that they're doing. Well, they were they were uh, raiding the town and they ended up kidnapping uh, what was it, the deputy and the the nurse from yeah. town. Been a while since I watched it, but I remember a lot of elements of it. And if if, if you want horror, watch The Hills Have Eyes. If you want a western with horrific elements, watch Bone Tomahawk. Right. I like I like both quite a bit. Uh, doesn't get much better than 
Richard Jenkins and, and uh, Kurt Russell's relationship in that movie. That's the highlight of the movie is their relationship. Right. And so if you're going for, for some, some dude bro love in that movie, go watch it for Richard Jenkins and Kurt Russell and enjoy yourself. It's good. Yeah, but if you're going in for like a hard horror film, you get mm, five, maybe ten minutes in the beginning, and then you get... Mm, no, I wouldn't even say that much. You get probably three to five minutes in the beginning. Then you get ten... I'd say ten at the end, maybe fifteen, if you count the 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 going in just attacks. But mm-hmm. it, the rest of it's just long stretches of guys talking. And you want to watch? You want to watch? See this hyper violent and, and, and bloody? Go watch Zoller's other films, okay? It's right. there, you know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Brawl on Cell Block ninety nine. Yeah, uh, I think that's Master. a better film. Puppet Master Little's Reich, best Puppet Master film in years. You know, that that's up there. And uh, yeah. his new one, I haven't watched yet, but I hear it's pretty good, too, though. Dra- Dragged Across Concrete. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about that. But for me, Bone Tomahawk is good. Um, I just wish there's more horror to it. I mean, there's so much potential there, too, because the fucking troglodytes and all that, that is awesome! And then they just give us tiny little bits. I mean, the the designs with, I guess, I'm gonna call them creatures. I don't care if you call me a racist for that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're subhuman. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that, that Native Americans are subhumans. I mean, these troglodytes are subhumans. Go fuck yourselves if you want to be all... That's the problem. They, would, that. they wouldn't fuck their cousins, and that's how they made those troglodytes, you know. Goddamn right, man. But so much potential there, and they just... He was more interested in, in bringing Tarantino-level dialogue instead of Carpenter-style horror. I brought this up, and I haven't listened to any interviews about this film, but a lot of people put stuff on a certain pedestal, and the hype train kicks in to say, watch this 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 great horror western, and then there's very little horror in it, and then they're disappointed because there's not <laughs> a lot of horror in it. But they don't, they're not looking for the other stuff because that might not be their thing. So if it's not right. their thing, I don't feel bad for them. That's just not their thing. You know, right. I, I liked the, the, the character, the characters in the film and their development and the relationships, like I said, between especially between Richard Jenkins and Kurt Russell in the movie. I like that sort of thing. Now, if you're going in looking for a gore fest, you may say, what is this trash? I'm going to turn this off. And, you know... I don't feel bad for you, but at the same time, it's not your thing. It's just right. not your thing. If you're looking for a gore fest, just scheme, yeah. scene skip to the end, and you will find it. It's there, and like that one scene, but you know, besides that, it's just a, yeah, it's a real right. character-driven movie, and that's, right. that's about all it is. And it has a hell of a cast. Yes. I know we've already talked about it a little bit, but David Arquette once again said, Hag, Kurt Russell, it's a very strong cast. Um... And like I said, it's a good movie. If if you want more of a character piece with uh, a little bit of horrific elements, it's here. But past that, eh, it's 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 not the strongest. If you want Vince Vaughn beat the fuck out of somebody with a barbell, watch Brawl Cell Brawl Cell Block ninety nine. I love get, I love the head stomp into the toilet. You yeah you get that you get, you get a lot of that in that movie. So watch that movie <laughs> instead. You know if you look if you're looking for that kind of thing, right? But I, I think. For anyone that is interested in Western horror, we highlighted a lot of fucking films here. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious what you guys have. Uh, listeners, did we miss any? 
let us know. Let us, let us know if we're fucking completely off the mark with Bone Tomahawk. Let us know if we're completely wrong with any of these films or if we left any off. I want to know, man. Let let me know. You can tell me I'm fucking stupid. I'm okay with that. I'm a I big boy. Say, I wouldn't say you're stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I can think of one more to mention. Because um, I think it was a TNT original movie called um, Purgatory in which, like, all these baddies come, come into town and they're not really in a town. They're in purgatory. They're right in the middle between heaven and hell and... There's redemption aspects to it, and oh shit! And they had like um, Billy the Kid and um, uh, Wild Bill Hickok, and yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, all these like iconic cowboys there. Eric Roberts is in it, and um, Randy Quaid's in it. I forget who else is in this movie, but there's a couple more names that are in this movie. Fuck man, so, I forgot all about that. It was a TNT original. If you want to know more about, it, I'll, I'll pimp his podcast. Go look for the episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man where they really cover that movie and <laughs> listen to Doug and Liam talk about it and it's 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 a good time I, I would recommend it again I think it's available digitally and possibly on a DVD but nowhere else so go, yeah. go check that out yeah TNT actually put out one or two decent ones like I, I I do remember that one I enjoyed that one um no real horror to it whatsoever but uh, another just straight western that they put out was um uh, Dollar for the Dead. And it was, like, supposed to be this weird continuation of the Man With No Name story, but with uh, Emilio Estevez instead of Clint Eastwood. Hey, I look for this now, see? That sounds interesting. I'll have to look for this now, for sure. Ah, shit. But, um... I think think we've about wretched the depth that we can purge out of this motherfucker. Uh... So, with that being said, Mike, thank you so much for producing and uh, buying me that movie, because, you know, I'm smarter than you. Yes. Most <laughs> definitely, buddy. Most definitely. And, and, Gary, thank you so much for actually taking the time out of your day to join us and just uh, bullshit, basically, for an hour and a half. <laughs> it was a pleasure, man. It was a real pleasure. And, like I said, I think it was off air, but uh, the fact that we've both been on legion for so long and just never really crossed paths is insane to me but I, i'm glad we finally corrected that here yeah and like i said it's a booking thing for me because it's, it's not not really it's not you it's me i'm, I'm terrible at reaching out and because my, my brain is not wired to to be you know insane about the booking to say okay you want this hey you want to do that i'm like hey we're doing this you want to do it no wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know <laughs> mine's more a booking thing that I I work a lot, uh, mm-hmm. so my availability is kind of limited. But yeah, nonetheless, believe me, it's a nightmare sometimes in scheduling. <laughs> Shut up, producer! Go back to your cage. <laughs> I'll go back oh, for guys. some ghost rape. You uh, you stay <laughs> spooky there. So so next show will be a commentary on the entity, right? Uh, no, I actually want to do a commentary on the 1926 film, and I want to insert the ghost rape scenes. I will do a dramatic, um, a dramatic, a um, yes, over, um, a voiceover reenactment of the ghost rape. Actually, a commentary on a silent film could be kind of funny. I, I will do that, and I will reenact the ghost rape. We will, what we will do is, 
when the ghost rape scenes come, I will pause the actual film and I will say, okay, this is how it begins. So, so one of us will just narrate a gentle breeze blew through the bunkhouse. Well, no, I'll just blow into the microphone like this, and then and then you will continue to blow as I continue to narrate the ghost coming in and 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 oh, hello, governor. Let's let's let's. <laughs> hello, governor. This is the old west. Uh, I found out this past Sunday you can do commentary on anything you really want to because I was sitting at a friend's house and we were watching this. This show that was just—it was, it was like a train wreck to watch, but I couldn't kind of look away. Called Age Gap Love, about old people who go out with younger people, like much, much younger than them. And as it's a British show, so we kept doing fake Cockney accents to what they would say when they're having sex and stuff like that. And it's—it's—it was—it was a fun time for a couple <laughs> hours. So you can do commentary on anything, people. So go for that solid stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. All right, well, uh, stay tuned for that and much past that. Everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Join the group page. Get on that, people. We try and be interactive, share a lot of cool shit. And Instagram. There's a lot of people following us there. Why not jump to the group page, too? So, yeah. And Twitter um, I kind of stepped up with somewhat, so. Oh, you actually tweet? Because I, I don't tweet. Somewhat. I know you don't. That's why I said I do it because I usually run that. But yeah. yeah, I've kind of started doing that somewhat. So I I I flick a different kind of Twitter. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, a tweet. But tweet. Yeah, hit us up on the group page. Let us know what you thought of this and everything else, and much past that, people. Just keep it creepy. Oh Christ. <laughs> keep, keep it spooky oh god stay that. spooky oh fuck it <laughs> fuck this ah.
That was horrible. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.